Welcome back to More Money Minutes for Doctors, episode number eight. Today, we're going to be talking about our thoughts for doctors who are considering renting or buying a home. Catherine Vesnes here. I am the CEO and founder of MD Financial Advisors. And you know, one of the questions I get most often, particularly from younger doctors or residents and fellows, is should I rent a house or should I buy? So for further questions, or if there's something in particular you'd like me to cover in a future episode, please reach out to us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media, also at MD Financial Advisors, so you never miss an episode. So next to funding your retirement, a home is probably the most expensive purchase you will ever make. So how do you know if it's a good decision or if it's a bad one? Because if it's a bad one, it can take you many years to recover. So here are five things I'd like you to think about as you're making this big, big decision. Number one, let's first address the home ownership myths because there's a lot of them out there and it can really skew your thinking. So let's talk about the first myth that renting is throwing your money away. I hear this all the time. And honestly, I don't even know where this came from. It's been around since the 60s or 70s. And it's really, in my mind, a very silly concept. And the reason is you have to have a place to live. I want that place to be as amazing and wonderful as possible. I want it to be able to regenerate you. I want it to refresh you, be your own little sanctuary, because let's face it, you've got a very stressful job. And it's nice to come home to a place that just makes you feel a whole lot better. But in fact, renting can sometimes be a lot better financially. It is not throwing your money away. In fact, Professor Schiller, who is a very famous economist at uh, Yale, did research fairly recently on residential home ownership prices in the United States. And he went back to 1890 all the way up to very, very, very recently. And he found that U.S. home residents actually only went up slightly above inflation every year. So that was a huge shock when I saw that. He goes on to recommend that people actually rent their entire lives because he thinks it's a much better, much cheaper option for them. Now, I don't go that far by any means, but I think it's important to know that home ownership is not going to be that big investment that's likely going to be returning a lot of money. And sometimes it's a lot better to rent. Here's another myth. If your mortgage payment is the same as your rental payment, then you're ahead. Au contraire. Renting versus buying is not dollar for dollar. And the reason is that there are so many more costs to home ownership than to renting. A lot of costs that most of our doctors haven't considered. So we have a number of clients who are building homes recently. And one of the things I want to put in the budget are all those things that happen when you have a brand new home, particularly if you've never owned one before. I'll throw in things like, do you have a lawnmower? Uh, no. How about vacuum cleaners? Sometimes they don't even have vacuum cleaners. Do you have snow blowers? A lot of times these new homes don't have blinds. Sometimes they don't even have light bulbs. So there's a ton of extra costs in owning a home. And I mean, much more than even just the real estate taxes, but a lot of the upkeep can really, really add to the cost. So often renting can actually be cheaper. Now, another one I've heard, when you're buying a home, you should put down at least 20%. 
Well, I agree that sometimes 20% down saves you from having to get private mortgage insurance, which is abbreviated PMI. But I think it's so much better for doctors whenever possible to put the least money down they possibly can. And with a doc loan, that's very frequently 5%. Sometimes we are even able to get doctors at zero down payment. Now, the reason why is because that money, I think, is better used in the stock market to get you towards your financial goals. So if we go back to the Schiller report, you know that real estate is only going to be increasing on average a little bit above inflation every year. So what is that? Maybe historically that might be 4%, 4.5% maybe historically over a long period of time. Let's compare that with the U.S. stock market. If you go back to the 1920s, the U.S. stock market has actually increased 9 to 10% per year. So the spread there is huge, 4, 5, maybe even 6%. That much on your money every single year invested versus putting it in a house can be substantial. So that's why I much prefer our clients to put a minimal down payment and take any extra funds they have and invest them for their future or their family's future. Now, I do still hear people saying, well, buying a home is an investment. Well, I have to tell you, to me, an investment is something that you put your money into and at an appropriate time, maybe retirement, you get your money back. You can live on that money. I have never, ever had a client in all the years I've been doing this sell their home and use that money to live on in retirement. It just doesn't happen. And the reason is, of course, you have to have a place to live. So don't think of home ownership as an investment. All right, so that was our first issue to take into consideration, avoiding the home ownership myths. Number two, how well do you know the area that you're moving to? Now, a lot of times our doctors are moving all over the country. They may be in a new state, and I strongly recommend renting before buying. This gives you a chance to get to know the area, and by the way, to get to know your new employer because occasionally we find our doctors are really unhappy. And if you've just moved someplace across country, you've bought a house and you don't like this job, it can be very, very painful. And it's happened to a couple of our doctors. And the horrible situation where they're like, I can't stand this employer, I've got to move some other place. And then they've had houses that they couldn't sell. That was dreadful because at their new employer, at the new job that they really love, they of course need a place to stay. And now they've got two expenses every month, whether it's rental or home ownership. It can get very, very pricey. So take a year or so when you're moving to a new area, get to know the area, find out about the schools, the recreation, the things you find that you really, really like, maybe where your friends are. And then you can make a really, really good decision about the area that you'd like to live in and avoid buying that house that you thought you had to have when you moved into town that in fact is in exactly the wrong area. Number three, I want you to consider what we think of as break even. Very often we have residents and fellows that will want to buy a house, even though their fellowship or their residency is only three or four years. Now, this was a lesson many of our clients learned the hard way. So when we first opened up our practice back in 2011 in Rhode Island, every single one of our residents and fellows that had bought a house was in the horrible horrible situation of being underwater. Here's what happened. They finished their residency. They finished their fellowship. They were going to move across country. The market in Rhode Island at the time was 
terrible. It was in the tank. They had houses they couldn't sell. They couldn't sell them for love or money, or they were taking huge, huge hits, sometimes 50,000, 100,000 less than what they had purchased it for. And the killer here is it may have been 50,000 or 100,000 less than what the balance was on the mortgage. And many of these doctors didn't realize that even though their mortgage, let's say, was 250,000 and they could only sell the house for 200, the difference that 50,000 is still owed to the lender. So they couldn't close that house without coming up with an additional 50,000, sometimes even more, in cash at closing. Of course, they were poor, broke residents and fellows. They didn't have $50,000. That meant they were stuck. They couldn't sell that house. It was a terrible situation. So many of them found that for years they became landlords. They didn't want to be landlords. They became landlords. And unfortunately, what they were able to rent their homes for was less than their mortgage payments. So every month from their new job across country, they were having to send some additional money in to make sure that they could actually cover those mortgage payments. For many of those doctors, it took them four or five years to get to the point where they could actually sell the house and get their money back. So this can be a very bad situation in a down real estate market. So I tell clients, if you're thinking you might want to be in this house for a while, you should probably plan to be there at least five years, maybe as many as eight in a down market before you can break even. Now, part of the reason it's so hard to break even is the whole situation with interest. So if you're getting a 30-year mortgage on your new place, the first few years, that principal, that payment that you're making to the bank is almost entirely interest. Very, very, very little uh, amount goes to your principal at all. Now, at the end of 30 years, it's the exact opposite. Your payments are almost entirely principal and very, very little interest. Now, the good news about this is if you're able to deduct the interest on your home purchase from your taxes at the beginning, you've got a lot more to deduct. Uh, most of our clients now are taking a standard deduction. So unfortunately, this doesn't help them the way it did a few years ago. But if you're thinking the first couple of years, we're making very, very little into principal payments. If you're selling that house in three years or four years, guess what? You haven't really paid down any on the mortgage at all. The balance is still pretty darn close to what you purchased it for. So unfortunately, that can make it a very expensive place for you to live in. Now, this situation gets exacerbated if the market is down, meaning right now what your house is worth is less than what you bought it for a couple years ago. So A, you haven't paid much in principal, and the overall value has gone down. And when you add in realtor commissions to pay to buy your new place, they can easily be 6 or 7%. And you've got closing costs that might be another two or three percent. You can see that it can actually cost about ten percent to sell your house on top of these other problems that I've just mentioned. So when you add all that up, it's very, very difficult to get that house break even in a couple of years unless we've got a rousing up real estate market. So take that into consideration as you're thinking about buying or renting. All right, fourth idea, how much home can you actually afford? Now, I know a lot of people like to have percentages. I hear doctors say, oh, what percentage of my income should I apply to mortgage and, 
and home payments. I wish it were that easy. And the reason is doctors don't fit into some nice, neat little category where we can do the math. And the reason is you're in a very high tax bracket. Uh, interest rates can vary on these loans at a time. That takes a lot into consideration. And by and large, many of you have horrific student loan payments. Your student loan payments can frequently be more than your mortgage payments. We have doctors paying three or $4,000 a month on student loans, and that can actually be more than their home payment. So here's what we like to do. We like to go back to the drawing board with a whole budget customized to you, where we run through all of your expenses, including any debt payments that you've got. And I also like to throw in some of those housing costs that you haven't thought about, like buying new furniture or remodeling or repainting or, or fixing that kitchen. And we put all of those into a budget along with those goals that you told me were really important to you. The ones like putting your kids through college, uh, paying off debts, uh, retiring, having a, a, an emergency fund. And I always want to start with your savings and investment goals. And we put those in first and then we work backwards and figure out how much can we afford for the home. And we want to include all the home costs, the real estate taxes, the utilities, the remodeling. And then, like I said, by working backwards, then you know you'll be able to afford a home between X and Y. And it won't sabotage your children's education. It won't sabotage your plans for retirement. So if we've done this kind of budget for you in the past, and you've been thinking about buying a new home, please reach out to us. We're happy to send you the old one that we did for you back in the day. Or if you need some time to go over it again, please reach out and we'd be very, very happy to revisit that for you. Because I want to make sure that you make a really, really good decision about this. Making the wrong one can be very, very painful. In fact, I want to make sure that you are not house Poor. So a couple of years ago, I'm doing a lecture about how to roughly estimate how much you want to put into your house. And the rule of thumb I was using at the time was two to three times your annual income, assuming you have no student debt. So let me explain how that would work out. That would be a, if you make 200,000 a year, that would be a mortgage of between 400 and 600,000. Once again, assuming you have no student debt. Frankly, a lot of our student debts are like having a mortgage. The payments are so high. Now, fifth thing to think about if you're buying a house is how quickly can you resell? So a number of years ago, my husband and I moved back to Denver. It was really fun for me because I grew up there and we both went to the University of Denver. So it's like, yes, I was finally able to move home, be close to my family. I had a, a nice job with a broker dealer in downtown Denver and everything is going great. So we decided we were going to be buying a house because after all, I'm moving home. My family's there, right? For some odd reason, and I can't even explain it to this day, every house my realtor showed me, I asked him the same question. Can I sell this quickly if I have to? I don't even know what motivated me to ask that question, but it turned out to be very uh, good thing that I did because we bought a lovely house in Littleton, Colorado. It was fantastic. Everything is going really well. And the SEC came in and shut down the company that I was working for. Uh, it was extremely traumatic, I will tell you. 
And in fact, this happened so quickly that I had not even been in this job two months. I had not made the first payment on my new mortgage. So you can imagine how difficult that was. We're in there about four months. I end up moving back to Minnesota. And even though we've been only been there about four months, I had to call my realtor and say, guess what? We've got to put this house on the market. We're moving back to Minnesota. Lo and behold, he was right. We were able to sell it quickly. I think we even made five or $10,000, much to my great shock. But that's a very unusual situation. I've had doctors in the opposite where they were in houses that they couldn't sell. So if you think you're only going to be in your new location for a couple of years, I'd probably rent. Or if you think, no, I absolutely have to buy a house, then make sure it's something you can sell quickly, even in a down market. And that's where your realtor should be able to help you a lot. Now, home buying, particularly first time home buying can be very scary. Um, but if you know where you want to live for a while, you've looked at your budget, you know how much you can afford, it can actually be the right option for you. So this is where I disagree with Schiller. I think if you're going to be in your forever home and you're going to be there for a while, I think a 30-year mortgage is a fantastic thing. Because the nice thing about a 30-year mortgage is your payment on day one is exactly the same as your payment on the last day in year 30. But if you've had 30 years, that payment that you're making today, whether it's $3,000, $4,000 a month, 30 years from now is going to seem like a drop in the bucket due to inflation. So very often, if you're going to be there a while, homeownership can be a great thing. Now, once again, feel free to reach out to us if you'd like us to run a budget and see how much home can you actually afford without sabotaging your entire investment strategy. Join us next time as we walk through all the steps of buying a home and how you can avoid the big landmines of home ownership. So in closing, please follow us on social media. If you found this helpful, I hope you'll forward it on to your colleagues because a lot of them could be using these ideas to make better decisions about buying their home. Please send us your questions and topics for future issues of our podcast. You know I am motivated every day by the fact that I get to come into work and help doctors have a sense of peace about their financial future. So I love doing these podcasts for you to give you more information. And we love working with our clients too. Finally, you can reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health. You can do that by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. So stay healthy and prosper.